Hey everybody, this is Steve Hutto with Harvest Celebration Ministries and the Missions Community. Today I want to talk to you about growing up in Jesus. And we're going to talk about spiritual maturity. This is probably not the most interesting sounding uh, topic, but it's probably the most necessary, the most crucial topic and uh, the most crucial thing that should happen to every single believer in Jesus, every single follower of Christ. Everybody has a calling on their life. Everybody has gifts, talents. Everyone has different purposes for their lives as God has given to each one different measures of grace, different portions of gifts, and uh, different measures of faith even. And you know, Paul talks about the fact that the body of Christ is one body, just like a human body, but it has many members. So there are different purposes that you have. And there's one crucial thing that has to happen in order for you to fulfill your purpose and reach your destiny, your God-called destiny. And what that is, is the number one purpose for every believer. While we all have different callings, purposes, and gifts, God has a number one purpose for every believer across the board that is the same thing. His number one purpose for every believer is that they grow up in Christ, is that they mature in Jesus Christ. And you may have an individual calling on your life. You may have an individual destiny, which you do, but you, you will never fulfill your individual calling without maturing in Christ. And if you're a leader in the body of Christ, if you're in Christian leadership of any form, you cannot be an effective Christian leader without maturing. And let me say at the outset uh, of this, at the very beginning of my teaching, that uh, Christian maturity is a process. But when the process is working, when it's in progress, so to speak, then you are fulfilling God's call on your life. Now, the, the flip side of that is if you're not maturing in Christ, if you're not growing up in Christ, if you're the same today in your maturity level, your knowledge of the Word, your time with God, and so forth, then you can't be an effective Christian leader. Leadership is more than a, a position. It's more than even a calling. It also means uh, bearing fruit and growing to maturity. Now, I just kind of touched on that, but what is the sign of maturity? I mean, what is it that you identify in a Christian believer, a Christian, you know, born again, what is it that you identify as a sign that they are growing in Christ? It's fruit. It's fruit. So remember, the purpose of any seed, let's talk about a natural seed here just for a moment. The purpose for any seed is to grow up and bear fruit. The purpose of a tomato seed is that it would become a plant and eventually bear tomatoes. A tomato plant that never bears tomatoes is useless. It's totally useless. When we, as believers, actually in the same way, if we're not bearing fruit, this is a strong statement, but stay with me as I say this because I'm going to qualify this as I teach this. Strong statement here. 
if an effect, I'm mean, excuse me, if an, if a Christian is not bearing fruit, they are useless to God. They're useless to God. What good is a tomato plant if it never produces tomatoes? What good are corn stalks if they never produce ears of corn? Listen to this. Luke chapter 13, verse 6. And he, Jesus, began telling this parable. A man had a fig tree which had been planted in his vineyard. And he came looking for, there it is, fruit on it. But he did not find any. And he said to the vineyard keeper, Behold, for three years I've come looking for fruit on this fig tree without finding any. In other words, it wasn't maturing. It wasn't bearing fruit. Here's what he said. Cut it down. Why does it even use up the ground? He's saying that a fig tree that doesn't bear fruit is useless to the farmer. It's useless to the owner of the land and also the vineyard keeper. But in verse 8... His vineyard keeper says this, And he answered and said to him, Let it alone, sir, for this year too, until I dig around it, and I put put in fertilizer, and if it bears fruit next year, fine, but if not, then cut it down. You see, maturing in Christ is like maturing a, a plant, a tomato plant, if you will, or a fig tree, maturing as it grows. The purpose to bear is to bear fruit. And so when we mature in Christ, or when we're going through the maturing process, because that happens all of our lives, we know this, we should still be bearing fruit along the way, which again is an indication to the world and to our brothers and sisters in Christ that we have a purpose for God, uh, God has a purpose for us, and that we are maturing, we are useful to Jesus. Now, let me say something. You know, I said a few minutes ago that if a person is not bearing fruit, just like a plant that bears no fruit, they're useless to God. What that means is, listen to this carefully, God cannot use them. But when we mature like a plant matures and bear fruit, God can use us because fruit is the proof that we're maturing and can be trusted by God to do whatever he calls us to do. And again, our number one purpose as a believer, you may never have heard it this way, but the number one purpose of a a believer is the same for everybody, and that is that we grow to maturity in Christ Jesus. Now in John chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, Jesus says these words. He said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit... He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, He prunes it. Why? So that it may bear more fruit. If you're bearing fruit, get ready to be pruned. That means to be cleansed. It means that if you're useful to God, He takes what you have and He uses it. He multiplies it. He hones in on it. He uses it to change people's lives. But he said if it does not bear fruit, he takes it away. doesn't mean they fall away from Jesus and they go to hell or he kicks them out of the kingdom. It just means he cannot use them. We can always, once we get it, go back to Jesus, yield ourselves to him, and do what is necessary, the Bible tells us, to grow in Christ. Now John chapter 15, we're going to go down a couple of more verses to verse 4. 
Jesus continued by saying, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the, it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. Now, to abide simply means to dwell within. To abide in is to dwell within or to live within. You know, you live in your home. That's where you do most of whatever you do. You go to work, of course, and you go shopping and all, but you come home to a place that's your abode. It's your dwelling place. You're the most comfortable comfortable there because that's where you live. That's where you eat most of your meals. That's where you sleep. That's where you hang out with your family. That's where your children grow up with you and so forth and so on. So Jesus is saying, abide in me, live in me. What does that mean? It means your whole life is His. And believe it or not, my friend, when you got saved, Jesus took over your life. That's His intention of taking over, saving your whole life. You don't partially get saved or you don't get saved and give Him part of your life. Yes, of course, it's a growing process and a yielding process as we grow. But the bottom line is, He's your master and you're His slave. We have to understand this. You gave up your life so that you could find life. And you once you give up your life for Jesus, the only life you're going to find is in Him. And so He said, that's why abide in me and I, and abide, and I in you, because the branch can't bear fruit of itself unless it lives, it dwells, it eats, sleeps, it talks, Jesus Christ. You know, Paul told the Corinthians, he said, I'm, I determined to know nothing among you but Jesus crucified. Jesus and Jesus crucified. That's all that mattered. That's all he was, that's all he was motivated by. He was sold out to Jesus. And someone could easily say, well, you know, that's their calling. That's what they're supposed to do. No, we have to understand that when God sent Jesus... And He gave all for us. He gave it up, man. He gave everything up for us so that when we receive Him and we're forgiven of our sins and the power of sins broken over us, then we belong to Him. We are purchased with a price, the blood of Jesus Christ. We're no longer ourselves. We belong to Jesus. And so that's... I mean, you won't even begin to understand abiding in Jesus until you understand that your life, I understand this, my life, your life, our life is not our own. It's not our own. It belongs to Jesus Christ. John 15, 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. I did a blog post about a year ago, and it was entitled, Me Vine, You Branches. Because sometimes we get that mixed up, or at least we think we don't need to be plugged into the vine. We do everything on our own. We try to do so many things under our own power. There's so many churches being uh, so-called built out there today. And this is not to be critical. I'm not thinking about anything. But I, I just know by the Spirit of God, and I know by what I see and hear out there uh, among the kingdom, in the kingdom of God in the world today. And many people are building ministries and they're building churches and they're doing things under their own power. And there's a lot we can do to attract people. There's a lot we can do even without God to attract people. 
I mean, people are drawn in this culture to flashy stuff, professional stuff, cutting-edge stuff, um, things that, that, that make them feel kind of like they're connected to Hollywood. I mean, people will come to a church. You can build a church under human power alone, but let me tell you something. It won't last tell you something else. There, if there's no fire there, it's useless. If there's the, not the fire of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, let me get a little bit more modern for some of you people. <laughs> Same thing. If there's no fire there, then there's not going to be any fruit there. It's going to be polished and they're going to have this activity and that activity and all these activities and a million activities. But are the people meeting Jesus when they come together? Are they fellowshipping and, and, and having a relationship that's changing their life and it's challenging them to grow in Jesus when they come together? Are they being taught to seek first the kingdom and His righteousness and everything else will be added? Listen again, I'm going to say it, man. You can, if you've got enough money, you can draw a crowd. But it's not about the crowd, it's about Jesus. If one person can be saved from no money, no talent, no polished stuff, then it's more important than a thousand people coming and never even getting near Jesus. Wow, okay, I'll get off of that for a while. But Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. John 15, 5. He who abides in me, he who lives in me, dwells in me, And I didn't mention this about verse 4, but when we do, He does in us. He abides in us. He said, abide in me, and and, uh, and I will abide in you. James said, draw near to God, James chapter 4, and He will draw near to you. We have a part in it. And it's very, very important. And that important part is that we draw to Jesus. We draw near Him. We seek first His kingdom. And again, in verse 5 of John chapter 15, He said, I am the vine. Let's get this straight. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in Him, here it is, He bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Look, we can be, we humans can be impressed by a, lot of, by a lot of things that other human beings do. I mean, as a musician, I've mentioned this before, but it's easy for me to be impressed or really not impressed by uh, the way people can play or sing or, or the polished worship team or whatever plays. Or You know, we can easily be impressed, but the bottom line is, even if we're impressed, there's many times... There are many times that God is not impressed. He says, If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away as a branch, and it dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they're burned. And then John chapter 15, verse 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Now this scripture has been abused Because, you know, I've heard people tell me, you mean I can ask for anything in Jesus' name and He'll give it to me? No, He won't. First of all, you have to sell out to Him. You have to be living in Him, dwelling in Him, staying in Him, following after Him. And when you abide in Him and live in Him, then the desires that you have begin to change. What do they change to? From yours to His. The desires you have, like the Scripture says, when we delight ourselves in the Lord, He gives us the desires of our heart. 
You know, my prayer, my desire as a follower of Jesus is that I desire what God desires. And He promises us that if we'll go after Him, man, just go after Him, pursue Him, get relentless about it, make a commitment, make up your mind that you're going you're gonna to go after Jesus. I'll promise you, you'll find Him and He'll go after you when you do. And you'll begin to change the way you pray. You'll begin to change the things you ask for. You know, it's not bad to have things and to have a lot of money, but it's more important to God that He can trust us with anything. And if He can, then He can use us for anything. So it's not that you just ask for whatever you desire, your little whims and your personal agendas. No, it's all about selling out to Jesus so that we become an instrument and a vessel in His hands and our hearts become knit together so that when I pray and ask for something, it's in, it's in uh, accordance with His character and His will and, of course, the Word of God. Man, again, when you pursue Jesus, Jesus will pursue you. And another way to put that, I've already said it, when we pursue Jesus, we find Him. We find how incredibly wonderful He is and how powerful He is and how spectacular He is and how we are absolutely nothing without Him. That's what we find out. I can already see that this is going to be a two-parter, but we're talking about growing up in Christ, maturing in Christ, bearing fruit. And then listen to John 15, 8. I've been in John 15 for a few minutes. Jesus said, My Father is glorified by this. What is He glorified by? That you bear much fruit and so prove to be My disciples. That is such a powerful scripture. I mean, bearing fruit glorifies God the Father. When you grow and when I grow and we mature from one stage to another, from one level of glory to another, from one level of faith to another, because we're abiding in Him and we're hungering and thirsting for His Word, availing ourselves to Him in prayer. When we grow, it glorifies God. The world sees the glory of God. Other Christians see and experience the glory of God when you and I grow. And in addition to that, Jesus says, we so prove to be His disciples. Now, I told you that the number one purpose for you and for me is the same thing. We all have different callings and different individual purposes, but there's one purpose underlying, generally speaking, that is the same for you and for me and for every other follower of Christ. And that is that we grow up in Jesus. Now, if you're a Christian leader... Within that purpose, there are two more specific purposes. Number one, as everybody, to lead Jesus, uh, people to Jesus. And number two, to lead believers to maturity. I mean, it's one thing to, to spread the gospel. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to save anybody. You don't, have to, you don't have to cause anybody to get saved. We have to tell them. And when the time comes and when the fruit is ripe of the harvest, 
we lead them on into the kingdom of God. But it doesn't stop there. Number two, we have to lead believers to maturity. And I'm speaking uh, specifically right now to, to, to Christian leaders within the church and within ministries. We have to understand that our purpose is to lead people to Jesus, to pray for them, to share the gospel, to live the gospel. But number two, or the second part of that, is that we have to lead believers to maturity in Christ. So from your perspective, as, a, as your own individual person, as a follower of Christ, you need to grow to maturity. But as you grow to maturity, you need to lead others that are Christians to maturity in Christ. Because spiritual maturity brings forth fruit. You see, God's greatest purpose, again, for you and for me, is to grow up in Jesus. Man, that's good stuff. Fruit is the sign. It is the proof that a plant or a tree has fully grown up. And again, a tree that's supposed to bear fruit, an apple tree that never bears apples, is is sick, something wrong with it. And it's totally useless. Let me put it another way. An apple tree or any fruit tree that is supposed to bear fruit that never bears fruit has no purpose. It's not fulfilling its purpose. So with that said, and as I close this this, uh, section of this teaching, part one, growing to maturity, let me say that many Christians, because they're not maturing in Christ, for whatever reason, are not fulfilling their purpose. And that's probably one of the worst things, most regrettable things that any Christian should ever want to experience. I mean, I should never want to experience that, but I mean, I I would regret more than anything not being useful uh, to God, not bearing fruit to God, and not fulfilling my purpose. Because your Heavenly Father has a purpose that's designed and engineered for you. Now, I'm talking about individual purposes now. But again, as I said when I started this teaching, um, if you don't grow up in Christ, then you won't fulfill your individual purpose. So my prayer is, we're going to pick this up in session two. We're going to talk about the sower uh, who who, who, uh, sowed the seeds into the different types of soil in Mark chapter four, but we're not going to do it here. But uh, my heart, my encouragement, I mean, we're not going to do it in this session. My heart and my encouragement is that uh, you would understand the need to grow. And we're going to talk, as I said before, about four different scenarios um, of growth or not growth and the difference between the two and the the difference it makes in your life and the lives of others in our next uh, session. So be encouraged, my friend to understand that you have to grow. You ha- and, and we'll talk about what's necessary to make you grow in the next session. So thank you so much for taking a listen. This is Steve Hutto. Thanks again for logging on to this particular teaching. I pray that you're blessed. You have a blessed day. God bless you.